All right, Phil, bring us in. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> you get a little more Shakespearean there or something. <laughs> I like that. I, I was uh, echoing William Shatner there. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what you could do. Instead of opening as Danny Aiello every week, you could just do it as a different character. It could be like Shatner one week and like Christopher Walken. I could do that. that we could arrange that. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? You know? <laughs> I don't do a very good I Christopher. gotta have more Can You Believe It? <laughs> I don't do a very good Christopher Walken impression, which is kind of... It's a hard one to do, I think. Is it, you think? I don't know. I just, I can't do it. But anyway, that (laughs) Christopher Walken impression is notwithstanding. We got, let's see, what do we got this week? We got the two Incredible Hulk movies, which is sort of a little bit older ones, but it's uh, ones that we have both seen. (laughs) (laughs) We're still struggling with organizing (laughs) ourselves around this podcast. Exactly. We're not very good at planning ahead. Um, so we got that. We got. We never did do swordfish, so we should do that. Um, that was like two weeks ago, right? When we said we should, and then we forgot. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and then we'll do burn after reading, which I saw recently, which isn't. I thought was fairly interesting. That's a. We can go ahead and do that one first if you want, or the Hulk ones. Yeah, uh, the burn after reading's fine. Okay, I saw that movie, and it's funny because everybody that I've talked to that has seen that movie, they either love it or they hate it. Well, I'm in the latter then. <laughs> yeah. well, that's what I thought because I thought I remembered that you had said something that you just didn't like it. I hate. I honestly, I hated it. It's like mo- there are very few Coen Brothers movies that I hate, and most of them I love, and that is one I really hate. What did you hate about it? It was just the dumbest plot ever, and that like all the characters were just putrid. <laughs> well, they were all idiots. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't get it, maybe. I, it was just, it just drove me up the wall. Well, you know, I liked it better than you did. I don't, I can't say that I loved it. I thought it was, there, it was I thought it was fairly entertaining. I thought the weird little, where it, it just veered off course at the end there when, like, Brad Pitt gets shot, and it's like, whoa, uh, okay. Because up <laughs> yeah. until then, it's kind of this goofy comedy, and... yeah. You know, and it's I. It's the Coen Brothers. Somebody's got to die. Well, that's true. I mean, that's what I thought of too. I went, well, the Coen Brothers. You know, somebody's going to get killed. But um, I will say that I did that. Malkovich got on my nerves after a while. Yes. Just every uh, he dropping an f bomb every other word, and he's just this volatile, just angry asswipe. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't take it. I mean. They were just so dumb. Maybe that was it. Maybe I just can't... Because I hated Forrest Gump because he was so dumb. Yeah. Well, I hated Forrest... I didn't hate Forrest Gump, but I disliked Forrest Gump because of sort of the same reasons, where basically the message of the movie is you can be retarded and you're going to just be rewarded for it no matter what. You're just going to blindly fall into all this stuff. (laughs) But the burn after reading... I mean, I thought Brad Pitt was funny. Yeah... He was just, I mean, everybody in that movie was just, just moronic. Yes. You know, and, and the, the sex chair that Clooney builds, it's like, what was that? <laughs> the dildo, wonk, <laughs> And then Frances McDormand, she's like, I love it. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I really like Frances McDormand, but I don't know. It's just like the, the characters were just so bizarre and the plot developments just... Like, I couldn't take that her, like, weird romantic interest with Richard Jenkins, the 
gym manager. Yeah. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever watched. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, I'm pretty split on Coen Brothers movies, honestly. Like, um, I really like Fargo. I really liked uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Um, Barton Fink was pretty good. I think, was, I think that's maybe their best movie, honestly. But and then, but then there's really bad stuff, and I'm not gonna name everything and whether I like it or not. But then there's other stuff that's really not good at all, like um, the Lady Killers. The Lady Killers. I mean, <laughs> it was not a good idea to remake that movie because you know the original with like Alec Guinness is usually considered one of the best movies ever made. But um, but yeah, it wasn't good. And then what was the other one that, for some reason, I always forget it's a Coen Brothers movie. Um, it's fairly recent, too. And then see, now I forget because I didn't have, <laughs> I always whenever it, like... Well, I, I don't know. Like, there's some that I just love. Like, um, I love Barton Fink. I love Miller's Crossing. Hudsucker Proxy's not a good movie, but I love it. Yeah. Just because it's so funny. I love when that guy gets up on the table and is like, I'm getting off this merry-go-round and tries to jump out the window and just... Yeah. Well, I didn't like that movie very much, but that's the Coen Brothers at sort of their goofiest. And some, I mean, like, uh, I had never seen their first movie, uh, Blood Simple, until a couple, like a year ago, and that's a really good movie, actually. I always forget that, I always think Miller's Crossing was their first movie. I always forget about Blood Simple. It's like uh, Blood Simple, and and then Raising Arizona, and... No, I thought... well, I don't know. Maybe Crossing is like a few years, like a few movies in. Really? Yeah. It's... I don't always think it's their first one. I'll re- re- eh. Okay, mm-hmm. let's start that over. Rewind. Uh, but there are there are terrible ones. What's the what's the other George Clooney one? Intolerable cruelty. That I never the even saw worst it. Worst movie. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of that I forget is a Coen Brothers movie because it doesn't seem like a Coen Brothers. Yeah. Movie. It did, it did. It was like a romantic comedy with this weird Coen Brothers tilt. Yeah, see, I, maybe that's why. The I, the one I hated the most was the the man who wasn't there. That was it. That was the, the, their worst movie for me. Now that one re- refreshed my memory here. That's with Billy Bob Thornton. It's black and white and. Uh, okay, you know what? I don't think I ever saw all of it. Like I think I saw part of it or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, I. I don't remember it at all. It's just kind of, I don't know, I think the whole message behind it is supposed to be like still waters run deep kind of thing. I think he kills his wife. He's trying to buy, you know, they always create these movies out of these weird little situations. He kills his wife because he wants to buy a dry cleaning franchise and she doesn't want to do it. (laughs) In like, you know, 1955. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. There's something like that. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Well, I, I thought that um, if you're talking about their best movie, I think it's kind of a toss-up between, for me at least, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I love that movie. Oh, and, I know. It's, it's a good movie. And Fargo. I really like Fargo. Yeah, I think that's probably their best. Probably. It's just... It, that movie is just... I don't know what it is about that movie. I can just watch that. Like, it's one of those movies I can usually, if it's on cable or something, I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. Yeah. You know, it's Steve Buscemi, you know, getting shot in the cheek and... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love Peter Stormare. I need unguent. <laughs> it's 
The best. Peter Stormare, man, what happened to him? He came, he got big for a minute. He was doing VW commercials, remember? We We just dropped it like it's hot. (laughs) Those are funny. (laughs) Yes, they are. Uh, what was we are going to de-pimp your ride or whatever and he's like flipping off that that catapult yeah they were funny commercials but he was okay so he I mean look he was in Fargo he was in Armageddon he was uh, the late 90s were uh, blooming for Peter Stormare yeah Stormare of this century (laughs) (laughs) I just came up with that can you tell alright so anyway man who or man who wasn't there Uh, burn after reading I would have to say that I was sort of yeah, I, I was on the fence of it for that one. I don't know. I just thought the energy was just too weird and, like, really aggressive, but the movie wasn't there to back it up. Like, there was, I, the yeah. wasn't quite there. I can see what you're saying because... And, the, and for some reason... And this is something that normally doesn't bother me at all. Like, I hardly even notice it sometimes. Mm. But the fact that they everybody was constantly swearing all the time. For some reason, it just distracted me. Yeah. It didn't bring anything to the movie, and I'm not some kind of prude that says don't swear. <laughs> but it just, it, it was, like, distracting or something. I get that. I get it. I, it was, now I forget what I was going to say. It was just, eh, it seemed like a quickie. Like, you know, they, yeah. how about these people get this weird, you know, not quite idea, you know, like they came up with the idea for five, in five minutes and then wrote it in two months and then shot it. Yeah. Well, it, was like, it seemed like, you know, one of those bad Woody Allen movies he does every six months. Yeah. No, I understand. I can see that, too, because, you know, stuff like, oh, brother, where art thou and everything. I mean, you can tell they really worked on that. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so. I don't know. I guess they adapted it from the Odyssey and never read the book. <laughs> How could you even do that? How would you even know what happened? Well, you know, I mean, certain parts of the story are kind of common knowledge, you know. Yeah. The, the Hydra, whatever, blah, blah. I know that's... that's. Uh, you think of, like, the sirens? Th- the sirens, yes. The sirens, yeah. And then, and then like, the cyclops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of those things are, are fairly common knowledge. You know, everybody's seen the TV movie with Armand Desante. I don't think <laughs> everybody has seen it. <laughs> I did, goddammit. That means everybody's seen it. Do not seek the treasure. I don't know, that makes <laughs> me laugh. I don't know why. But, okay, so I think that there's not much else to really say about Burn After Reading. I mean, it was, to me, it was okay. And to me, it was terrible. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> we right. got a thumb in the middle and a thumb down. Exactly. We we, yep, we got the thumbs going, the thumb, thumb going sideways or something. <laughs> um, but, okay, so, well, let's do... Um, what was the other ones? Were the Hulk? Yeah, the Hulk. We talked about the well, Hulk movies. Hulk and Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, personally, and I know that you're going to disagree with me, but I didn't like Hulk. It was boring and slow, and it was too long, and I don't know. But see, and you're rolling your eyes. I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only, except for maybe X two. It's the only one of the of of the modern comic book movies that was going for anything that that had something and wanted to say about something. Ooh, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, you can see the levels. There it is. Bam! <laughs> you just heard that like a gunshot. People. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it well, it was know. going for something, but it well, I, it didn't get there, in my opinion. I think it did, and for me, especially compared to the new one, 
Um, the special effects were better. The, the, the cinematography was better. The acting was better. The, I was a little surprised in the newer one, the Norton one, Edward Norton one, that the, the special effects at times looked surprisingly cheap. Yeah. I was surprised because it was supposed to be this big movie, you know? And uh-huh. I don't know. It's like, they, I guess they said that in the, in, the, in the first one, they thought the Hulk looked too cartoony. And so they were trying to make him more real. But I thought in the end they just made him gross with all those weird veins coming out and all yeah. this stuff. I was like, that's ugly. I don't want to watch the Hulk like yeah. that. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think, though, that I mean, obviously the second one, the Edward Norton one, is much more of just a straight-up action Oh yeah, movie. that's 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 much more in line with what you would expect from a right, and then comic book yeah, and then but and see, I don't know if this, I don't know, but that I don't did they make up the abomination for the villain, or is that actually in the comics? I never read the comics, but I think he was a comic villain. Okay, because I was like, I mean, it was a, I thought it was a pretty good villain, but I mean, he was only in there for what ten minutes. Yeah, but I don't. It's funny. Um, what's the guy's name that plays the that ends up turning into the abomination? Tim Roth. Tim Roth. I either really like him or really don't like him in movies. <laughs> There's kind of like no in between, and I really yeah. didn't like him in this movie for some reason. I thought he was fine. I mean, it's the same part he's been playing for 15 years. I mean, you yeah. go watch Rob Roy and you watch this movie, it's the same dude. Right. Well, and I actually, and I'm surprised that overall I liked the movie fairly well. But yeah, like, I was gonna say I didn't not I didn't dislike the new one. I mean, it's yeah. not a bad, terrible movie or something. Yeah. It. For me, the original's just better. And I did appreciate that they didn't try, because I had heard that they were trying to restart the franchise, but it seemed to me they kind of just made a sequel. Because it kind of starts off with him, where the other one ended off with him in Latin America kind of thing. And Yeah, it was sort of a quasi-sequel. I don't know, it was weird. Like, I thought it was, I got the more of impression of more of a reboot. Then you well, know that's that, the term for them when they do these days. You know. Well, I what I what I meant was that the, is that they didn't bother with really the um, the origin story. Yeah. Again. Well, that's good because people wouldn't have wanted to sit through the whole thing again. Yeah. I mean, they did the whole origin in like two minutes. <laughs> Pretty much, it was um, the credit sequence. But and you know, I do. I will say that I, I definitely liked uh, Sam. <laughs> uh, Western guy, yeah. Sam Elliott, thank you. Um, Sam Elliott better than William Hurt. William Hurt general. for being a you know a, a, usually considered one of the better actors of his generation. Blah 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 was really like hammy. Oh yeah, in this movie all always kind of yeah. like squinting one eye and got the other open kind of thing. Well, and that big. That big giant fake mustache that he had was <laughs> so distracting. I swear, I, every time he came on the screen, I was like, "Just pull that off." I, I know. Need it, it. Well, it seemed much more natural coming from Sam Elliott. For sure, for than sure. It did from William Hurt. Yeah, you know, a funny thing though is that when the Hulk first came out, the Incredible Hulk came out. I don't know if this was the advertising or just me not paying attention. Yeah. I had no idea that Liv Tyler was in it. She was in none <laughs> of the commercials. And then I saw this little clip of it, and I went. Was that Liv Tyler? That was weird. And <laughs> you know I, what I was noticing, and I've always loved Liv Tyler. Ever since I saw Stealing Beauty when I was like 16, I've always loved her. But now, you can see her father in her face. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> her lips are like starting to push out a bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. I actually like her better than uh, Jennifer Connelly. Her, I thought Jennifer Connelly was too mopey. 
Maybe. I mean, I get that. But it was a different movie. It was a more mopey movie. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's I mean, true. Eric Bannon was pretty mopey. Oh, man, know. he was. was. For just... being a Hulk, he was just a wiener, I swear. <laughs> well, but Bruce Banner was never like a huzzah. That's you know, true. That's true. But I don't. for me, there was... The first Hulk um, was so, like, beautiful. Because it's an Ang Lee movie. Like, there's nothing in it that grabs me. Like, that scene with the Hulk in the desert when they drop the cluster bomb. Like, that is the most spectacular special effect in fucking film mm-hmm. history to <laughs> me. It's, uh, it's like the most beautiful uh, special effect shot ever. And there was nothing in this movie that even vaguely... Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I thought... Uh, I thought the, fir- the first Hulk, the Ang Lee one, it, d- it definitely looked better because it is an Ang Lee movie, you know? Yeah. And, and one thing I liked about that one that it wasn't in the second one, which they made a conscious decision to not do, yeah. is that in the first one, the Hulk, the more angry he got, he got bigger. Right. And he turned into this giant at one point. Yeah. And in the newer one, they, didn't, they, they said, we're not going to do that. And well, for some the reason, Hulk I didn't really like wasn't- that. The Hulk really wasn't that big in this last one. He was like maybe a couple feet taller than Liv Tyler. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't real big. And one thing that drives me nuts about those movies mm-hmm. is movies where you have characters that are a bit like computer generated or bigger than, are supposed to be bigger than the regular people and stuff. Is it the size is inconsistent? Yeah, I, it just seems like it kind of was. Yeah, I know, because it seemed like at times the Hulk was huge. And then at other times, he was just like eight feet, which, <laughs> you know, or he's like, he's as tall as Shaq or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, that's weird considering they came out and said, we are not going to do this thing where he gets bigger and the angrier he gets, <laughs> which I don't think that's the way it was in the comics, but I, I think I that was an Ang Lee thing. I think it was. I think, it, well, but Ang Lee was playing with, um, was playing with the idea that the Hulk could exist in all of us. I mean, you know, when like... The whole stuff, but where he was remembering that his, what was his father killed his mother, yeah, um, and of and his dreams, the Hulk would be behind the door, right? Yeah, and so it was kind of like the Hulk was a was you know to talk about Forbidden Planet, the creature from the id kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, no, was, I understand. It, it existed in all of us that he had just brought it out. Yeah, and this movie was not that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but they're two different movies. They really are. I mean, the first one. It was it was sort of this existential kind of you know thing, and but in the in the, uh, the Incredible Hulk was just like I said, it was more of just a straight up action movie. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with either of them. I just thought that the first Hulk was boring. Like I, <laughs> I really did. I mean, there's well, like three I get, scenes I get, with the Hulk. I, I get it. Well, no, that that's not true. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? I get that because the first one, I I I always got because they're. The, the villain just really isn't in the picture. There's, I mean, you know, what's his name? Nick Nolte is technically the villain in that movie. Yeah. But really, as the villain, he doesn't show up until the end. Yeah. And, and that, that whole scene was always weird to me when they're sitting there in, like, the particle accelerator uh-huh. and both tied to the chairs yeah. it's such a stagey scene. Yeah, it's like it all of a sudden, you know, you're... At, you're in a theater somewhere. I know. Yeah, you know. You're watching some, uh, you know, upstairs, downstairs drama kind of thing. Right. No, I, I know what you mean, though. I do. And, I mean, I did actually, with the original, or the first Hulk, um, I actually liked the, the splitting of the screen so that it looked like the comic book panels. I thought yeah. that was cool. I liked that a lot. 
sometimes yeah sometimes it goes a little overboard like when uh they blow up Josh Lucas and they outline him in red real quick. Yeah. That was a little goofy, but I, I did appreciate that they kind of were honoring that it was a comic book by, by taking some of those comic book uh, images and trying to integrate them in the movie, which they didn't oh, yeah. do in the other one. They, no, they didn't at all. But, uh, you know, and, but the thing is, is that there's very few comic book, comic book movies that really do that. In fact, I'm trying to think of another one. Because obviously there's all these comic book movies that are coming out now. I mean, there's Iron Man, there's Batman Begins, and there's Dark Knight, and there's mm. a Hulk. And I don't remember another one that had that. Maybe, and it's just maybe that they did it at certain points, but they just didn't, it wasn't a theme throughout the movie, like yeah. in Hulk. Well, I think, I think, I think, I've never seen one that did it. I've seen ones that kind of attempted to create comic book images but not like actual panels on the screen. Yeah. Like like Batman um, Forever, that's the one with Val Kilmer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that one, you can tell uh, that Schumacher is really trying to occasionally make like a comic book still. Oh, sure. But, uh, of course, not too successfully, but occasionally you're like, whoa, that could be on the little page. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, well, like, but movies like The Dark Knight didn't really try to do that at all. Um, and then like Iron Man didn't really either which talking about comic book movies I think I almost liked Iron Man better than Dark Knight when I first saw them I saw them fairly close together I think that's easy for me to say I, I, I controversially I'll say that I hated the Dark Knight I really did I just did not appreciate the movie I mean the first one is energetic and interesting and well performed and the second one was like so boring. I could not believe how long it went on. It was a long movie. It was what, like two and a half hours? Yeah. And, well, and, and it was only vaguely interesting at certain points. Like I just hated the whole thing with the with the two boats, with the you know, prisoners. Yeah. I was like, this is you know, jack me off. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, it did seem a little bit overblown, but I did really, I really liked it. But it was funny because, like I said, I saw The Dark Knight and Iron Man fairly close together. I think mm -hmm. I saw them both in the theater. And uh, they came out not too far apart. I think one was in May and then one was in July. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, it was, looking back at it, after I had seen them both, I went, God, you know, I think I almost liked Iron Man better. <laughs> because it was, I, it I, didn't I, take itself as seriously. Yeah. And I really liked Robert Downey Jr. I thought he was great <laughs> in that movie. He is great. And that's an easy movie to like because it's so easygoing. Everybody's having fun. You got a great villain in uh, Jeff Bridges, one of the best actors around. I can't believe Jeff Bridges. I, you know, it's just taking the, the image of him as the dude and then taking the <laughs> image of him as the, as the villain in, uh, in Iron Man. It's just, that's not even the same person. <laughs> He's a chameleon, man. I guess, but yeah, I, I thought that uh, I thought it was good. I, I'm very interested to see if they can keep that whole tone going for the second one. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I don't know. I had never read that comic, so I was a little bit shocked when they killed the the Katie Holmes character. I won't talk about Maggie Gyllenhaal, but <laughs> oh, you mean in Batman? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, Katie Holmes wasn't in Iron Man. Um, <laughs> no, I was actually sort of surprised too. But I guess, like, one of my friends is a real comic book guy, and he's read all of them. He's like, but that happens in the comic book. I'm like, 
Well, but see, in those movies, though, see, it's funny because I used to be big into comics when I was younger, mm-hmm. and there's certain elements in the Dark Knight, or not, not, not necessarily the Dark Knight that I'm thinking of, but in especially in Batman Begins, that were pulled from various sources. Because I used to read Batman, I used to read Batman, all the Batman stuff, right? Because it was like my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's stuff that's in, especially Batman Begins, that they pulled from like this comic called Batman Year One, and then there was also one, some stuff that was from, I don't even remember specifically, but they kind of pulled from various sources. Yeah. Because David Goyer was one of the writers on that, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's a real comic book nerd. Because, <laughs> I mean, he did all the, he did yeah. the Blade, which was a comic book. And he directed the, the third Blade, didn't he? I think so. Which is the weirdest one, with Parker Posey as a, Villain? I I have a soft spot for that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> it's and so goofy. Compared it is kind of goofy. I, the second one is the one I don't like. Well, the second one's like grim and gross. Mm-hmm. The first one is fun, but the second one is such a downer. <laughs> yeah. It's like those totally gross mouths. Yeah, like, I know, right? Like, oh, God. Well, it's funny because funny we bring that up because I listened to a podcast just today. Before I came over here with Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? Nope. He's this comedian. He's kind of a chunky guy. He was in Blade Trinity. He was one of the team. He was the goofy guy. Yeah. He was like a uh, lady, gentleman, and hottie or whatever he says to Jessica Bill. Yeah. Um, he mentioned Blade Trinity on that podcast. And it, he said something along the lines of, the shoot was just hellacious because nothing was going right. Everything was going wrong. Huh, and huh. He, he didn't really say that it was because David Goyer was directing it. And I'm sure that was probably his first movie that he directed. Yeah, it was. And, and uh, I sort of got the feeling that that's what he was sort of implying. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes when you turn a screenwriter into a director, it doesn't work. I think that movie looks pretty good. I think it does. But that's... That can just be a good cinematographer, too. True, true. Um, but anyway, we've gone way off track here. Uh, hey, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but I, again, I mean, and I, I said this before, but I would like to sort of, I don't know how much of you've read about it or heard about it, but I'm really interested to see if they can keep that tone going for the second Iron Man. Because it's still John Favreau directing. It's and still, it's still got, you know, Robert Downey Jr. And it, they did change Clarence Howard, or... Terrence Howard is yeah, not in now it. Yeah, Don Cheadle. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I never got a clear picture, well, it, but I don't know if like Terrence Howard was an asshole or demanding too much money, but they just kicked him out and said, fuck you, we're getting Don Cheadle. I think it was that he wanted too much money, which, it's okay, you're at best a second tier character, at best. What do you <laughs> think that you're going to sit there and demand more money? I know. I mean, I, you know on. what's really surprising is like, I know a lot of people who hate Park, uh, what Gwyneth? Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, and I know a lot of people who that normally hate her who liked her in that movie. I am in that camp, I think too. I normally don't like Gwyneth Paltrow at all, uh, but in that movie, I thought I kind of liked. Her. I mean, she's kind of cute, and she was, you know, kind of funny and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, but um, who's the girl? The, the second one is going to be Scarlett Johansson, right? Yeah, I'm a little worried about it because they got, I think, Scarlett Johansson and Mickey Rourke are, Mickey the, Rourke, are yep. the two bad guys in the second one. And I'm like, really, guys? You got uh, a has-been and a girl who can't act to be <laughs> your villains? That's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, I know, <laughs> my brother was telling me this story. He lives in L.A. and he's got some 
producer that lives in the building with him, or you know, and uh, they went to see uh, something like uh, something that Scarlett Johansson was in, and he was talking to my brother like, "Has she ever been in a bad movie?" And I'm like. Really, dude? I think what? I can name the good movie she's been in, like, on one hand. Well, she's good in uh, Lost in Translation and Ghost World. Go- oh, go- yeah, she's like 15 in that mm. one, she? But, like, in, uh, I think, I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast. I think we talked about it off the air or whatever you want to say. <laughs> off the tubes. Um, <laughs> you know, every time you say that, all I all I get in my head is fallopian tubes. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, off the webs. Um, but uh, she was in that movie, The Spirit. Oh my god! That Did was you like see the that? Craziest movie ever. It was so fucking weird. I could not believe what I was watching when all of a sudden they were dressed up like Nazis. And the, Sam Jackson oh. is this Nazi and it's like they got this big Nazi swastika on the wall and then they got like elephants or something. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> that this, was the weirdest movie. I mean, I was, I, I just couldn't get what the hell tone they were going for. It, sometimes it, the tone seemed fairly grim. Other times it was completely comedic. Other times it was this sort of screwball 30s comedy or... It was a bizarre movie. It was very bizarre. In fact, I watched it all the way through and I couldn't... I honestly couldn't really formulate an opinion on it whether I liked it or not because <laughs> it was just so weird. Yeah. I was like... That I liked parts of it, but other stuff was just so weird. I, I th- I'm thinking that that movie may be one that's more palatable when you've seen it a second time. Maybe. Because, like, some movies are just so assaultive. Like, I remember seeing Moulin Rouge the first time and just being like, oh, God. Just too much? Just too much. I can't watch it. Yeah. But when I watched it a second and a third time, it's now, like, one of my favorite movies ever. But the first time I saw it, I was like, you know, that opening, like, 25 minutes is so chaotic and so intense that it just throws you out of the theater. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I, (laughs) The spirit... And... I just I don't know I just didn't get it I guess maybe I just maybe like I missed maybe I missed the point of it or maybe it's so it's so weird because there are a bunch of people in that movie that I like you know I like Gabriel Macht I like Ava Mendez I I like Sam Jackson you know all these all these people I love but I I was just watching that movie going what the hell is going okay let's see if I can spike those levels again hold on oh just a little bit just a little little bit, bit not too much it's just a little spike. Still good. <laughs> Still good. Um, well, yeah, okay, but... Oh, and the, Scarlett Johansson, the reason I thought of this was just because she was so wooden in that movie. And it sucked because I think that character that she played in the movie mm-hmm. could have been really a fun character. But yeah. she was so wooden. and like, and like, But I got the impression she was trying to be wooden. Like, that's the, the well, tone yeah, that she like, wanted. It's like, I can't remember that line. I think we talked about it after seeing it when um, there's some line where he's talking and it comes out as like totally jarringly weird. You know, it's like, it was one of those like, no, well, shouldn't you kind of things. I can't remember what the exact line was, but uh-huh. it was just so out of left field that I was like, whoa, what the hey. fuck was that? And we couldn't quite agree at the time. Whether it was intended to be a joke or whether it was just a filmmaking weird thing. Oh, I yeah, I remember what you're talking. I don't specifically remember. I remember having that conversation, but well, and that and that's funny because that was one of the very first. I mean, really, one of the very first comic books. Yeah, comic book heroes was the spirit. I thought Gabriel Mock was good in it. He was 
you could tell he wasn't really taking it very seriously, and neither was Sam Jackson. Yeah. But I think some of the other people in the in the movie were. Man, I don't know. I, I, it's like Ava Mendez. She's like the most beautiful woman in the world to me. Although she's starting to look a little plastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, like when she sits on the copier and makes some copies of her ass. Yeah. It's she, just like whoa! What the hell is that about? Yeah. No, I know. I know. Well, I always forget. Well, not always forget, but I always. Whenever we and whenever I talk about it, Eva Mendez or somebody mentions her name, it always takes me a second. I go, "Oh, I remember like her first movie was Training Day." Maybe mm-hmm. not her first movie. The the first time I remember seeing her was um, Stuck on You, and she was just so cute in that movie. I was like, "I'm in love with you." Well, she that was after that was that was after Training Day though, wasn't it? I have no idea. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, Probably. Training Day, she plays Denzel Washington's girlfriend that he goes and like has the, the son. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I liked her in that movie. She, she seemed like she was having fun. But the thing was is that movie was so disjointed and it just, it, there was no flow to that movie. Yeah. At all. You could tell that Frank Miller should stick to comics. Yeah, well, and it's funny because <laughs> he, he made some big, he made some little joke about People say, or like, people are saying this is just a black and white movie, but it was like Sin City where they had the splashes of color and stuff like that. Right. But his response to that was so dumb, and he thought it was clever. Uh, he says, no, it's a full color movie. We just don't use all the colors. Like, oh my God, Frank, really? <laughs> really? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> that sort of stopped I was cradling that, my head. That sort of ground the conversation to a halt for a minute while we both tried to wrap our head around that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm thinking it's time for the smoke break portion of our show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder if we should just leave like dead air, you know, find some like. Right? Then we do the intermission music from the old 40s. Perfect. There you go. Let's all go to the Dude. concession stand. Right. Yeah, Let's go. go all get pop or whatever the fuck it is. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay. And we are back. Uh, there was something I wanted to mention about the come. Oh, we were talking about how you you said that you thought it was weird that uh, that uh, Tony Stark showed up at the end of the Hulk. Yeah, it was an interesting little tie-in. But I guess they were making this, the movies at, this, at pretty much the same time. Yeah, but you know what they're doing, and I don't know if you've read about this or not, and I don't, maybe I just follow it a little bit more because I was more into comics when I was younger yeah. or something, but what they're doing is they're actually, uh, Marvel is taking this approach, this big picture approach to all of their movies, uh-huh. and they're going to actually tie them all together, and they're going to have all these crossovers, and there's apparently going to be this just giant movie called, I think it's called The Avengers, which was a comic that Marvel put out, it was kind of like the Justice League, I think. Yeah. Well, see, and I had never, I had not yet heard about them making an Avengers movie, but I have heard that George Miller is wanting to make a um, Justice League movie. Really? Yeah. I've heard about that too. In fact, that hasn't that been delayed like six times, and they tried to make it, and they wouldn't. And it's like it didn't come together. Well, because there were issues with Superman, I think, because they they didn't want to cast what whatever his name was. Oh, the guy from the newer one. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I guess, and I read that I couldn't believe this. Um, there's in the comics, there's this general who is sort of the one that oversees this whole Justice League type of thing. Uh-huh. And in the 
movies, he's going to be played by Sam Jackson, who actually shows up in one of those movies. It may be Iron Man. But he well, shows right. up at the very end. But he shows up as an, as not as the general, as as another character. He was going to play... He, he was going to have a movie of his own. Well, I read that they're signing... Because of the fact they're trying to do all this tying together of all the movies and everything, uh-huh. they signed him for something retarded, like eight movies. Uh-huh. Right? I mean... <laughs> so he's going to have to be in, like, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, which I think they're making now, too. Yeah. I mean... Eight movies? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's like unheard of. It's Sam Jackson. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> he's in everything. Remember that joke yeah. in Family Guy? <laughs> okay, Sam, I'm going to need you over here in the porn movie. Yeah. Okay, well, have we run through the comic book stuff? I think so. I'm trying to think if, because you know, obviously the comic book uh thing is real big right now and I'm trying to think because Marvel I mean obviously they're just sort of going crazy but well they just got bought right by Disney that's crazy for three billion dollars four billion dollars yeah holy crap (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's a lot of money for a comic book company but at the same time I mean they're making all these movies successful franchises I wasn't surprised that the guy who got the spinoff from the Wolverine movie was Ryan Reynolds I know, right? That character was so bizarre. I was like, how do you make a movie out of that guy? I know. Well, and then he's, Ryan Reynolds is also going to be playing Green Lantern. No. Yeah. No, there. I guess uh, that was the rumor, but I saw stills online of them filming with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen as Green Lantern? Yeah. It's really? Like, it's like Seth Rogen and Cameron Diaz in that movie. But it's shooting right now. Oh, well, see, I had read not even that long ago something where somebody had, some journalist or whatever, had asked Ryan Reynolds, uh-huh. well, wait, how come you, aren't you already playing this one comic book person, you know, and whatever? He's like, well, why can't I do both? It doesn't, I mean, I don't see why not. Well, I know originally they had cast Seth Rogen, and I thought they had, um, they had reconsidered and gone with Ryan Reynolds, but now they're shooting with Seth Rogen, huh. so I don't know. Well, okay. I mean, Seth Rogen. I can't well, see Seth Rogen. Like, he lost like 75 pounds or something. For the really? Picture. Yeah. He's really skinny now. Wow. That would be, that'd be off-putting kind of, you know? <laughs> I don't know. But, okay, so I guess, you know, comic books, so we could go on and on about it, but I think that we're, there's definitely... Um, Sorry, there's definitely. Did we have one more, one more, or did we want to just go into swordfish? Because we forgot to do it last week. <laughs> yeah, we forgot. I don't think we had another one unless there's something else you want to talk about. I'm trying it's to. Re- to you. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I suppose that we could we could briefly talk about we could, we still didn't line up the shattereds, but we could <laughs> we could sort of give our own impression of them just for everybody out there, even though we might not each other know necessarily what we're talking about. All right. Okay. So you want to go first or you want me to? Go ahead. Okay, well, the Shattered that I saw, <laughs> and I actually downloaded the one that you saw, but I haven't watched it yet, but it was uh, Pierce Brosnan, Gerard Butler, mm-hmm. and Maria Bello, Yeah. and it was one of those thrillers where you're supposed to be pulled along with these characters who don't, they don't know what's happening, so you don't know what's happening, and um. whatever, so... And I don't know if you even want to see it or not, but so if you don't want me it's to on, ruin it. It was on my Netflix, Netflix queue already, but half the movies in Hollywood are on my Netflix queue. Right. But so, no, I mean, I love Pierce. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I was just going to say, you know, I didn't want to ruin it for you or whatever, but, you know, Pierce Brosnan, he comes in and he basically kidnaps Maria Bello and Gerard Butler, who are 
married and they have this kid and he so Pierce Brosnan he comes in and he he uh, he makes it sound like he is the babysitter that these two hire uh-huh. because they're both going out with the Gerard Butler's going to his boss's country club or something for the weekend because he thinks he's gonna get this big promotion and Maria Bella's going out with her with her friend for her birthday. So they hire this babysitter from an agency. They don't really know her. But Pierce Brosnan comes in. He just... It's like the least complicated kidnapping plan ever. <laughs> he gets in the back of their car and lays down. And then at one point <laughs> just pops up with a gun. It's like, <laughs> like okay. So he, he makes it sound like the, the babysitter is his accomplice. And the kid's going to get killed if they don't do what he says. And it's... It's very convoluted. I mean, the kidnapping plot itself was not very complicated, but the actual, what he makes them do, he makes them do all these bizarre little uh, errands and mm-hmm. and stuff, and you never really know what's going on, and then at the end, you sort of get this, it's sort of, at the end, I won't tell you, because you, you, know, you wanted to see it or whatever, but it kind of goes, it goes off the rail a little bit, and you kind of go, <laughs> where did that come from? It was kind of funny, because the ending was one that you just wouldn't, I don't know if this is good or not, but you would just never see it coming. Yeah. Like, they gave no clue to the that, that part of the story and the rest of the movie at all. Because huh. I thought about it. You know how in a lot of those movies where if it seems like the ending is coming out of left field, uh-huh. sometimes you go, you think about it, and you go, oh, wait. There was clues in there that this was kind of what was going on. Right. Not in that movie. <laughs> well, you know, uh, honestly, to hear you talk about it, it kind of sounds like a knockoff of Trapped. With Charlize Theron and Kevin Bacon and... You know, I never saw that one, though. It's it's not bad. I mean, I love thrillers. I mean, I love thrillers. And right. that's kind of a second-rate one, but I still like it. Yeah. I think I own it. Yeah. No, I, I remember when that came out. I just, I didn't really see it. Because I like Charlize Theron, but... Who was the husband you said? Kevin Bacon? No, no, Kevin Bacon's the kidnapper. Um, Stuart Townsend is the husband. That's where they... Yeah, I, maybe that's where I... Because I remember... I think, I can't remember if they were already married at the time. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I think maybe what happened was at the time it came out, I think I was kind of sick of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Because that was in this phase where he was he was like the Sam Jackson there for a while. He had <laughs> movies coming out like every month. Yeah. But, um, so, okay, so now you're shat. I mean, I don't know what you think about if they have any comments about the one I saw, but I mean, I don't know how you could. Well, I you, haven't seen that's it. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so well, what about yours? My Shattered... I watched it kind of on a whim. It was like the one Wolfgang Peterson movie I'd never seen. And uh, speaking of which, that guy never makes a small movie. And he made a small thriller, but he couldn't do it small. <laughs> it's like still got all this weird, these big sets and everything. It's, it's, really? it's weird. Um, but no, it's like it's like maybe 90, I think. Is I think it's 91 is what it says on that. Um, but it's it's really a creature of its time. Really? Woo! And uh, it just reminded me so much of the thrillers I kind of grew up with, like Basic Instinct and everything. Yeah. But it, it's like you remember Fatal Instinct. Oh yeah. This How could you like, forget Fatal Instinct? <laughs> this was like the basis for that. I mean, Shattered is so over the top. Yeah. As in like every possible way. Like, oh my god, Joanne Wally Kilmer plays, like, the gal who's been having an affair with Tom Berenger. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, I'll set up the story. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, they're in a bad car crash. Uh, uh, Tom Berenger and his wife, Greta Skaki. Oh. Um, <laughs> the immortal Greta Skaki. <laughs> hey, why not? 
Um, but so they're in this bad car crash, and she goes out the side door and doesn't get hurt. But he, you know, flies down the hill, and his face is all mangled, and he's in a he's in traction for like a year, and then he gets wow. amnesia, um, and he can't remember what his life was before, and so. His wife is like, oh, we've got to, we're falling back in love, blah, 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 because apparently they were fighting and, and they were both having affairs and all this stuff. So he, uh, the way the movie is set up is that he is unraveling what his life used to be like. Okay. Um, and of course, finding out, uh, he's hired, that he had hired this detective played by Bob Hoskins. Ooh. <laughs> um, to, to track his wife and, and her, uh, the, the guy who was having, she was having an affair with. And so Bob Hoskins is all over the place. He plays like a detective who also has a pet business. So it's okay. like every time you go see him, there's like macaws and that <laughs> screeching in the background. It's the weirdest shit. Weird. Um, but and then like the the ending is actually. I don't know if you want me to tell you because you have the movie. Um, yeah, what do you, I guess just I, I you know I guess just don't totally I don't really whatever you know. Well, it's up to you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. How much do you want me to give away? Yeah, I'll give away enough to, to continue the story All right. you're talking about. Um, but the ending is, is one of those, again, ones where you're not supposed to see it coming. <laughs> but you do? Is that what you're saying? Well, there is one clue, and I had a joke about it, but maybe I'll save it till you, till you, till you see the movie, because it kind of gives away the ending. Okay. But, um, but no, it's... it's, it's the ending is one you're not supposed to see coming, and truthfully, I really didn't until I was thinking about it later. I was like, "Oh yeah, I thought about that." Yeah. Um, but um, the the bad guy at the end goes so far over the top that it's like it runs into comic areas, and wow. I was watching it going, "This is why I love movies. <laughs> I love it. It's nice. so funny. It's it's it just reminded me of all the greatness that was in bad." Oh, bad, bad thrillers. adult thrillers, you know, where right. you saw tits. Well, what was it? What was the joke I made about with those movies like that, like Fatal Instinct or whatever, where you, where they have just like this generator, they only put like seven <laughs> words in, and then it just randomly spits out two of them, like lethal obsession, you know, yeah. or whatever. Or, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Fatal, it's, I love that movie so much. Fatal? I will never get over the dancing in the red pump oh, scene God. ever. That anybody out there listening to this, you have to see that movie. It's the most underappreciated kind of goofy airplane style comedy yeah. out there. It is so funny. It's a spoof of the adult thriller right, mystery. Like, yeah, like Basic Instinct and Fatal and Attraction. Fatal Attraction. And, yeah. and uh, what was the one with Julia Roberts? That plays big in this one. Oh, uh, Sleeping with the Enemy. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, but yeah, the dancing in the pumps. Oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> and just to get and, and see they Armand DeSante is perfect in that movie. Yes, he is. I mean, who, excuse me. Who would have thought that Armand DeSante could be this comic genius, but he is. It's I mean, I, I mean maybe we're overstating it a little. <laughs> a little. It's not a great movie. I you know, it's one of those it's like most of those spoofs, they throw like every joke they can at the screen and about half of them are yeah, but the point, I think that the, the idea is you can tell a joke every 12 seconds, even 
even if it falls flat, if it's not funny, the next one's coming right away. Right. So you don't have time to go, oh, that was stupid. I, you know, it's the smallest joke ever, but I will, I love the opening of that where his partner, and I can't remember who it was, it's the black guy with the kind of googly face. Um, but I love it when he's eating the nachos. These are the best nachos outside of Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like chasing the bandit. And he's, the other guy's like at the nacho stand, like, I gotta buy my nachos! Yeah, like, I'm in line here! Um, well, you know, there are some jokes in those type of movies that for whatever whatever reason it is, just and they're just these little throwaway jokes that just, oh my god, like the one from Basketball, where... He's sitting there in the stands. He's like, I couldn't help but overhear your conversation. And then he waves that fucking, that big satellite dish looking microphone. He's like, whoop. And he puts it down. Like, I couldn't help but overhear. <laughs> that was like Bob Vaughn, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. It's like totally underappreciated. Well, when, remember when we went to see it? And we've talked about this before, but we were in the theater. We were like, we, me and you were just cracking up. And everybody else was just sort of staring at the screen like, what is going on here? Because it was a real cross between the South Park humor yeah. and the airplane humor. And I don't think that people people couldn't rec- reconcile the two in their brains. Yeah. Even though it honestly does seem to match up fairly well. I thought it did. I don't know. Well, and then the infamous Entertainment Weekly. Uh, <laughs> Predicting it was one of the ten biggest movies of the summer. Going it was going to gonna make $100 million, and what did it make, 12? Yeah. 12 million? Maybe. Something like that, maybe. But, um, but yeah. So I, love, I always love this scene where they're reading uh, Ernest Borgnine's will, and it's a video will. He's like, everybody out of the room. And, and nobody, nobody leaves. Yeah. And then he's like, it's just you and me, Trey. I'm too sexy for this suit. And he's looking around like, where is it? Why didn't everybody leave? <laughs> and Borgnine starts to strip on his video. Well, oh, God, so I know. Funny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Borgnine, man, he, he sort of, he tried to carve out a little bit of a niche in these sort of goofy comedies there for a few, for a little bit because he was in basketball. And then he was in that uh, strange wilderness with yeah. Steve Zahn, mm-hmm. which I saw, which was, not nearly as funny as the commercials made it look. Because yeah. in the commercials, I was like, that looks funny. But it really wasn't. I mean, I think that it's, <laughs> it's too bad because I think that Steve Zahn is a funny guy. But for some reason, his movies, he's just not... Very few of his movies he's funny in. But I think he's a funny guy. I think, I, I think he's frequently funny. I think people don't get Steve Zahn because he's always been one of those guys who kind of wanders back and forth between comedy and drama. Like, you know, in the same year he's in uh, Strange Wilderness, he was in that uh, Christian Bale movie in Vietnam, um, Rescue Dawn. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. And I actually saw the last movie was in that um, A Perfect Getaway. And that was a weird performance for him, even. Yeah. Well, he's in some new romantic comedy where supposedly, with uh, Jennifer Aniston, I think. And she was, I read this uh, this interview, mm-hmm. and she's just going on and on and on about how funny he is, and he's just the best, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, <laughs> he will, you know what the weirdest little comedy, the quote-unquote comedy relief sidekick team in the history of movies was? Are you going to say Sahara? Well, no. <laughs> no. Um, was Jack Black and Steve Zahn in Saving Silverman. Uh, that was a terrible, 
terrible movie. Yes, and I don't was. understand. I don't understand how they thought that Jack Black and Steve Zahn would somehow play off each other. <laughs> They're so different. Are Everything really? about their style of comedy is different. I don't get it. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think Hollywood just goes. He's funny. He's funny. Put them together. Gold. Right. But sometimes it don't work. Right. Either that or they just had the big. Like, the big wheel o sidekicks and just spun it twice and went, oh, Jack Black and Steve's on, why not? Well, I guess it was kind of similar with the, I never saw it, but that was the story on it was year one, was that really Jack Black and Michael Sarah should, are not similar enough to be in the same movie. I think I, re- I read that in one of the reviews I read in, like, again, like Entertainment Weekly or something, <laughs> is that they're so different, because Jack Black is sort of this manic guy, you know, and... Uh, Michael Sarah, he's just this sort of real mm. deadpan sort of, <laughs> you know. I remember reading a review of that movie. It was one of the my favorite funny rev- movie reviews. It was like Roger Ebert, and he was like, "I like Harold Ramis, and he's a great director." And I'm really sorry that this movie happened to him. I read that. That's funny that I, because I hardly ever read reviews anymore, which is weird. I tend to just listen to stuff and hear on whatever radio or. Whatever, but like I read that review and it was, it, it, yeah, he was pretty. <laughs> it almost gets to the to the um, letter to Kevin uh, Costner. The, 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 do you remember Bob Dunderstein's review in the in the Rocky Mountain News where he was reviewing the Postman, and he wrote it in the form of a letter to Kevin Costner. <laughs> What's the funniest shit? Ever? I never read that. You know what? One of the best jokes about the the Postman mm-hmm. was when. Um, in The Simpsons, when they go to the DVD store, and Lisa puts in the DVD of The Postman with the director's commentary, which was Costner, and he's just standing there going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that. I really, I apologize. That's all it is. It's just him in the corner in this little box going, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I hate to admit it, but the, I have a soft spot for The Postman. Oh, Will Patton. Come on. How can <laughs> You want a more? I'll give you... It's like the weirdest line delivery ever, but I love it. I know, it. yeah. It was Shatner-esque. It was. <laughs> and the weird Tom Petty thing, hey, you're famous. No, no man, you're famous. What the hell? Yeah, I just don't. The whole, the whole premise of that movie makes no sense to me. What, a guy delivering mail across the wastelands is going to somehow pull the country back together? Like, what, <laughs> that was what? the endless joke, right? Is that I thought my mail only brought me like advertisements and bills, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you know, I don't find this surge of American pride and or hope when I go to the mailbox but, every day. Um, I get the idea because you know you go back fifty years, it was letters that did keep us together. So, true, true. Well, I get it. Okay, well, we have. <laughs> We have wandered across the universe for tonight's <laughs> Yes. Podcast. Okay, so you know what? This one will go long, but whatever. I don't care. I personally don't care. I know you're a little bit more concerned about it. I'm concerned about our listeners. Okay. I care for you people out there in podcast land, and I want to make sure you're having a good time and not <laughs> expending an extraordinary amount of time on our stooped opinions, okay? Oh, and by the way, Dad, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke there. Um, but okay, so we'll we'll go we'll switch over to the last one today, which honestly now I know that you want you like to keep it sort of you know within a certain time frame, but we're gonna go on a little ways about this. So 
We it's going to be... We have to. I don't care how long it goes, personally. But um, <laughs> We can sit here in silence. It's going to 125, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Swordfish. Now, people... The only thing that people remember about this movie... Well, not the only thing, but most people remember this movie for the fact that they paid Halle Berry $250,000 per boob to take her shirt off. And they were ugly tits. They weren't that great. <laughs> I mean, She I had mean, some funky nipples. Nah, yeah, I, but that's, and it's too bad that that's what people remember because this movie, being that it was this goofy action movie and, I mean, you know, Hugh Jackman doing his sort of weird... American accent that you can really tell is not really an American accent. Yeah. Um, But uh, it had some really... There was two things about that movie that really stuck stuck out to me is that the whole terrorism thing, which then became obviously more magnified once 9-11 happened, and we're not going to get too deep and heavy on you people, so don't (laughs) worry about it. But then also the fact that that movie is one of the very few movies that you'll find out there where you're sort of... You know, you got the little angels on your shoulders. You got the devil and the angel. The <laughs> devil took over that movie. He's like, he's like, hey, uh, drop him out of the bus. Okay, drop him out of the bus. Hey, have him explode. Okay, boom. You know, like all these little evil impulses that you were like, I want to see that. You're like, I just saw that. <laughs> that was the funniest part of that movie. Is you'd just be like, oh, I want somebody to fall out and blow up. Oh, he blew up. Yeah, he fell out and blew up. The beginning. I mean, you're, I'm so used to those kind of movies being kind of pussy. You know, yep. I mean, they, they, they would always shy away. You know, they would rescue the hostages or whatever. And this one, you know, first five minutes, girl blows up. Yeah, the, the cute blonde girl, Kablooey. You know, <laughs> which, in that shot, that, that Matrix-style t- uh-huh. Matrix shot where it swings around, that was good. I actually read a review somewhere that wasn't a very positive review, but did say that... The, whoever the reviewer was thought that shot was better than the ones in the Matrix. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's a great shot. I mean, it's huge. For, for one of those kind of shots? It's, it's much bigger than anything they did in the Matrix. Though. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that, I mean, I, you know, Hugh Jackman, I could kind of take him or leave him in that movie, but he wasn't really the point. I think it was more Tom, or uh, John Travolta. Yeah. Was more the point of that movie, and he looked like he was having so much fun making that movie. <laughs> no, didn't he? And like when he pulls out that giant machine gun from the back of his little Porsche, <laughs> and he's that's the best. But like I said, I love the fact that that movie, all your evil little back of your mind, go, "Hey, that guy should fall out of the bus and blow up, and then blow all the windows in the side of the building in, and it happens." Yeah, I think I think as far as um, the, as far as how creative the movie was, I think it was, um, especially from an, like an action scene standpoint, it was really creative in how yeah. it did everything. And it was, it was surprising yeah. in how it did everything. It was um, it, it actually kind of like, oh, that's so cool because I've not seen that before. Yeah, totally. But I'll tell you, and that was really, and they always had this problem in recent movies, is that you, there is no way to make filming a guy typing on a computer Exciting. I know, I know. And I think they really tried hard in that. They, the camera's swinging around. And he's it. jumping he's, everywhere. He's dancing and he's talking oh. to himself and they're playing techno music. And But still, he's just sitting there typing. Yeah. You know, and... It's always it's a problem that they just have now in movies is how do you make the guy typing shit into the computer 
exciting to watch. Right. Well, and I don't think there really is a way to do it, to be honest with you. But the problem is that there's so many, I mean, computers are so just, I mean, everybody has a computer. Everybody uses a computer for everything. It's like, you have to have that in movies. Yeah. Especially a movie where the plot revolves around him hacking into this thing. So <laughs> yes. it's like, what are you going to do, you know? <laughs> But I think that, like I said, I, I, that movie, I, the thing I liked about that movie is it didn't really pull any punches when it came to, you yeah. know, it's okay, uh, Hugh Jackman at the end, he doesn't want to give up the money and, and whatever, so John Travolta's like, hmm, let me think, no deal, and he jacks up Halle Berry with the, with the truck jack, yep. the, the winch, on the, and she just, he's hanging there, and he's just like, what, do something, and Jackman's like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, I like that. Because you're right, too many movies wouldn't have the balls to even do that, you yeah. know? And the funny thing is that that movie, I don't remember it making a lot of money when it came out. I don't think it did. I know a lot of people who hate it. Really? I know, I've was, known a lot of people who are like, that's the dumbest movie ever. See, I was going to say the opposite, is that a lot of people that, that I've talked to about it really like it. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of, I don't know if this is a testament to it being popular or not, yeah. but TNT shows it a lot. <laughs> Seriously, I've noticed they sh- that they show it all the time. Always on cable. Yeah, I don't know. The I I think because it starts out in such a way that it's it's so referential of other films that some people just disconnect with it like immediately. With the whole Sugarland Express thing uh, or uh, like, Dog Day Afternoon. That's not like that ten minute discussion of Dog Day Afternoon monologue. Mm-hmm. And I think some people just kind of disconnect with it and don't come back. That's possible, and I think that, and it was odd to me too that this kind of slick action movie, and especially being at the time it came out, was referencing Dog Day Afternoon, which the target audience for a movie like that is younger people who might probably not even seen Dog Day Afternoon. Then, then at the end, he says, Travolta says to Jackman, he says, "Hey, did you see Sugarland Express? I didn't like the way it ended," and I guarantee you. 99% of the people that saw that movie yeah. didn't get that reference. Yeah, 99% of the people, unless you're over the age of, like, 35. Or more, even. Because Sugarland Express, that was, was like the 70s. It was, like, 78, 77, okay. yeah. But that was also not exactly... A couple exactly, years before I was born. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it, was, uh, it wasn't exactly a movie that people talk about all the time or anything. I mean, people no, talk about The Godfather, and people talk like, about... That's the Steven Spielberg movie that nobody remembers, pretty much. Yeah. That and maybe 1941. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was my reaction to 1941. But um, the other thing that we talked about, which I think was even the longer discussion that we had when we went to see it after we watched it, was the fact that, you know, John Travolta, you know, he's like this uh, anti... Or he's a... Okay, so... Uh, Travolta is this you think he's a terrorist you made the whole movie he's made out to be this terrorist but it turns out that he's this really super deep cover guy who is this anti-terrorist terrorist right and it's funny because again the it came out before 9-11 mm-hmm. in fact if, if it was after 9-11 I don't think they would have made that movie yeah probably not because, I mean really um, <laughs> I mean they were in such a t- to such a tizzy they didn't want to release collateral damage well, or in um, Big Trouble. Oh my God, really? <laughs> but yeah, so um, 
<laughs> Collateral damage. Okay, I forgot about that movie. But <laughs> How it's do you a, forget about them anyway? It's a good point, though. I mean, I don't see why... And I don't know, maybe there is a guy like that out there, but I, you never hear about stuff like that. But, it, you know, to me, that is something that would maybe be a good idea. Or, like, if it could do it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, yeah. I mean, it seems like a good idea, but we long ago vowed not to do assassinations, I think, so... Yeah, but still, I mean, you wouldn't... You can't tell me there's things that the... And then we're not going to get all political here, but... You can't tell me that there's things that the government does that they're not supposed to do. I mean, what is waterboarding? I mean... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I thought that it was a very... Uh, and, you know, the more I think about it, maybe that maybe they would have... I'm really up in the air. Maybe they would have... Uh, release it after 9-11 being that it was sort of this we're gonna get the terrorists kind yeah, of thing at the end though yeah I mean it's right at the end that mm-hmm. you find that out so maybe well and you're right though collateral damage and I mean big trouble really <laughs> I mean I can see okay there's this bomb on a plane but that is the goofiest movie ever it was funny at that time I always remember because they delayed collateral damage and they like killed big trouble Oh yeah, it but barely came out. But then they were just out. like, I mean, Paramount was like, "Nah, we're not going to move some of all fears, even though we blow up, you know, Baltimore." Baltimore. I know, right? And, well, wasn't that the first movie that was really dealing with terrorism that came out after 9/11? No, uh, Collateral Damage ended up coming out in like February, and Big Trouble in January. So they had well, already come out, but that was like the first big one. Yeah, because I remember Big Trouble. I mean, they they barely released it. I mean, I think they released it just so they could put on their balance sheets that they did release it. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Because I remember reading the book and thinking the book was funny. And then then the movie came out just, you know, it was delayed like something ridiculous, like a year and a half or something. I don't, I don't know if it was that long, but it was, it was delayed many months and then essentially just killed. Oh yeah. You know, but it's weird how Hollywood does that sometimes. I don't know. I don't want to get too far off track, but like I was thinking of um, that great Peter Himes film, A Sound of Thunder. Um, yeah. No, oh, yeah. I was gonna get, <laughs> he got that puzzled look. This isn't a video <laughs> podcast, but I was just like, Bleh. but yeah, it was apparently what it was is it was an old franchise movie, um, an old Ellie Samaha produced movie. Uh-huh. And of course, Ellie Samaha had gone down in flames and franchise pictures with him, but Warner still had this deal where they had to release his movies. Yeah. So they like slapped together the movie, barely put in the special effects and released it so they could say so they could meet their contractual obligation to whoever released it. Wow. Well, what Sound of Thunder wait, remind me. I just I Oh, it was it's um, based on that Ray Bradbury story where they, they go back in time and step on the butterfly and it changes history. Oh. Yeah, okay. With like, and it had Ed Burns and yeah, yeah, Catherine yeah. McCormick and Ben Kingsley. Yep, okay. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Boy, that came and went quick. Oh. But yeah, okay. So anyway, <laughs> going. So what was it? You made some good points when we after we had seen Swordfish about stuff like that, and then, I mean, what, what what is it that? Because I've been going on and on about. Well, that. I can't. I mean, it's ten years now, Amos. But well, no, it was on. it was at the time. I think we were talking about the morality of of killing people who intended to do harm to you, which of course later became very prescient. With the idea of, you know, the preemptive war against Saddam and everything like that. How do you, where do you, where do you draw the line at, you know, 
getting someone who intends to get you. True, yeah. Which I mean, was kind of what that movie was about, is he wanted to pro- like proactively go after the terrorists and hit them well, at home before they'd done anything. But didn't... Oh, wait a minute, though. Didn't he say... Because he makes that whole big speech on the bus. Yeah. He didn't say, I'm going to go get you first. He says, you blow up a plane, I'll nuke a city, or I'll blow up your airport, yeah. or whatever. So I don't think he was preemptively doing it. Well, maybe, but I, I guess. Because at the end, he blows up that boat. But it's a terrorist leader, a known terrorist leader. <laughs> he was the Tom Tancredo of that age. You remember when Tom Tancredo said, well, maybe we should just blow up Mecca. <laughs> yeah, Tom Tancredo was not exactly... Uh, <laughs> he's what he was He had of, one issue, and then uh, there, everything else he was kind of weird about. Yeah, well... Yeah, so I'm glad he was from Colorado. I, that makes me proud. He's like this national <laughs> well, you know, joke. I don't, I don't want to insult everybody, but uh, my brother would always, he, he lived in uh, Washington for a while, and he was always like, the politicians out here are weird. Like, they're all just inconsequential and strange. At least Colorado, you have people, you know, who are known for something. Right, yeah. Well, Washington State. I mean, who can you think of that came from there? No uh, way. Okay, <laughs> I'd have to get obscure and say Tom Foley, the former Speaker of the House. Oh, wow. I can't believe you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but, okay, but you, talking about, the, we had this big discussion about this morality of, of getting to somebody who intends to do you harm. Well, that to me, and I don't really necessarily agree with that, but when it came to what he was talking about in the movie, about how if somebody, if you hijack yeah. a bus, I'll well, blow up. You know, whatever. Yeah, it was it was kind of saying he was going to be a non-state, you know, non-state sanctioned, um, uh, like army that would go after these guys. Right. Exactly. And take it to where they lived. Kind yeah, of. yeah. And I don't think, and personally, I mean, I don't know, and maybe I'm being reactionary or something, but I don't think that's necessarily in. I mean, in theory, not necessarily. I don't know what the practice would be. But I don't think that that's necessarily a, such a bad thing. Well, at the time, I, I remember the U.S. seeming pretty ineffectual when it came to this stuff. You know, like when they bombed the embassies in in uh, Kenya and Tanzania or whatever the hell it was. You well, know, they dropped a bunch of missiles on Sudan and blew up an aspirin factory. <laughs> right. Not much happened. Right. <laughs> they blew up the, like, one legitimate business in all of <laughs> They're the like, Sudan. fuck, now we got nothing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, they, at the time, you know, the USS Cole, nothing happened. Yeah. All that stuff. So uh, this was kind of wish fulfillment, I think, for, for some sure. people on the right in Hollywood. Well, sure. And the thing was, too, is I, I really realized about that movie that they, they don't... Okay. It, it, to them, to John Travolta... It was just real easy. I'll just go out and shoot at him or blow him up or whatever. But yeah. it's like, okay, have we still not found Osama bin Laden? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? And that's the thing that always got to me is that he, for him, it was just sort of like no big deal. Yeah. And um, personally, I'll tell you, I think Osama is already dead. I probably. Because he was on like kidney dialysis. You, you don't get good treatment for your kidney dialysis in the mountains of Afghanistan. In a cave. Sorry. Yeah. So, and I mean, we haven't heard from him in like five years, so he's probably dead. Well, you know what's funny about going going back to that? <laughs> and this is a minor point, but I always thought this was funny is that Vinnie Jones is in that movie because yeah. Bruckheimer, um, uh, was Swordfish a Bruckheimer movie? It was, wasn't it? It was, I think, was it the first, I think it may be the last movie 
that was released as Simpson Bruckheimer, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I can't remember I, when he died. But it was a Bruckheimer mo- yeah, like, production, well, though, uh-huh. right? Okay. Well, and No, and, it wasn't. It was who we talked about last week. Who? It was Silver. Oh, was it? I'm pretty sure it was Joel Silver. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I, <laughs> I was just going to say, because Bruckheimer really likes uh, Vinnie Jones, for whatever reason. I mean, you know... Uh, Gone in 60 yeah. seconds, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, Vinny Jones is the weirdest. Well, didn't like the Queen call him like a detriment to the sport A disgrace of to British soccer. But, <laughs> but the thing that I thought was funny about it <clears throat> is either these are sort of John Travolta, he's, he makes that big speech about you've turned your back on your country, Senator, and then he shoots him in the, in yeah. the river. Sam Shepard. Yeah. Oh, Sam Shepard. Anyway, he, uh, Vinny Jones, what is he doing there? He's English. I mean, I guess, maybe, what did they just, I guess they must have just hired these guys or something. But every time I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. He's former MI5, man, or 6, whatever the fucking MI it is. I never got those. Yeah, but, but like, okay, but he's English. Why is he this patriot for America? <laughs> maybe he's just anti-terrorist. Okay, fine. Did you ever think about that? Okay, fine. And what was with that line? <laughs> yeah, when he goes, we're... Sam Shepard's at where they're having the conversation when John Spolta lands a helicopter and he's Don't dressed talk to in, me about Thomas Jefferson. He's like, now wait a minute, Thomas Jefferson, and then he shoots him, and I'm like, what was he gonna say? <laughs> I always want to know what he was gonna say. <laughs> You'll never know. Oh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> but like, I just, I was going, where was that line going? Now you wait a minute, Thomas Jefferson, and you know, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well. well, okay, I think we're kind of done with Swordfish. Okay. So we do have a trivia question from last week, and this week we're actually remembering it <laughs> to answering it. Answer, yeah. <laughs> so our trivia question was, in what television show can you find the line, lots of good Canadian actors in Millennium? Which, just as an aside here, if, if you don't remember Millennium, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the time travel movie... Where people with, in the future steal people who are going about to uh, are about to die? No, what it was is that the people there was in the future. Well, yeah, okay. That in the future, something like people. What did they like? All die off? They all got sterile or something? Something like that. Where they? So what they did was they had this way to teleport people out of a plane that was going to crash. Yeah. To the future to try and rebuild the population. And then they would teleport back all the, these dead bodies so that actually the plane just wasn't empty when they found right. the wreckage. But Chris Christopherson uh-huh. was the main character, right? Yes. And who, who else was even in Who the hell knows? Lots of, lots of fine Canadian of, actors. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but so that, that line is delivered by Scott Thompson in the classic sketch comedy show From Up North. The kids in the hall. Yes. And you know what? I forgot to check the email address. Somebody might have answered that right, <laughs> for all I know. <laughs> oh, God. That would be we're bit, sorry. It would be bad if the whole time we're bitching about nobody sends us emails. And then we have 10 in there going, is it Millennium? You know, we can't even say who got it right. But <laughs> I sort of doubt that happened. But, okay, just, to, just okay, the email address, just so you know, can you FBI at gmail.com? Do you want to do another trivia question? Do you have one that you can think of right off the top of your head? No. Well, fine. 
that one came up kind of incidentally. That's though. it did it did but okay all right well I guess I I guess that's about it I'm sort of out of steam at this point here. <laughs> And we're plus we're at 115. I'm breathing heavy. Oh, oh this was a workout. He's sitting here bullshitting. <laughs> For an hour 20 or whatever. Right, right. All, All right. right. All right, Phil, take us out. Can you fucking believe?